Good afternoon. Let's uh, let's open this morning just with a, a word of prayer. Uh, I know that some of the young people are uh, exiting out the back and going to uh, children's church, but let's uh, let's bow our heads and open with just a word of prayer. Lord, we're thankful this this morning and afternoon that we have this time together. We're thankful for this gathering of uh, your saints. We're thankful for. Uh, being able to come together and and praise you and worship you uh, unmolested by the outside world. God, and keep us in your way. Allow that the words that are about to be spoken will touch those that that come hungering today. God, and keep us in your way. Helps to enjoy our Sabbath and relax in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There's an awful lot of things that have been happening in the world. What uh, what does today mark in uh, in our little corner of the world? Today is uh, tonight, anyways. Eight weeks from Harvey coming ashore, and uh, I can tell you very clearly that I have a very good understanding of when that all happened and when it went down and things like that. Um, as many do in the, uh, in the Houston and surrounding area. And, uh, it'll be one. How many of you, and some of you young people probably don't even remember this, but how many of you were in the area back as far as maybe like, uh, Hurricane Claudette or something like that? Do you remember some of those? I'm kind of aging myself here when you start talking about things like that. How about, and that, that's, that one's quite a ways back. That, I believe, was 78 or 79. Yeah, 79. How about Allison? There's another big one that, you know, probably a few more of you can remember that. Okay, that's getting in there where I can remember it. Well, now, young people, when they're talking about a natural disaster and a flood and a hurricane and all the things that go along with it, you will you'll be able to say, you know, we, we went through Harvey. We, uh, we had that one. But it's eight weeks today when Mr. Harvey came to call. And there are so many things that are very real and miraculous and gracious and kind and tremendous that happened during all of that destruction and mayhem and, and just so many, so many things on both sides that were happening. There's so many people that were negatively affected. Varying degrees of impact and damage. Did a brief little bit of research to kind of catch up a little bit. Talking about Texas alone, 39 counties, 800,000 homes in one degree or another internal to the state of Texas. FEMA, insurance, SBA, grants, all the things that go along with that, they're up just in the state of Texas to about $8.2 billion so far, just in Texas. Not to mention Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, the American Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, all the different impacts that not just this storm, but other storms have had. Today I decided to talk a little bit about our story. For our story, you're talking about 
things that happened during the storm eight weeks ago. We had about three feet of water in our house. We had a flood. Property had been there for 47 years and has never had water in it. We had about three feet of water in our house, about 36 inches of water in a single-story house. Vast majority of our belongings destroyed or at least damaged. Inside of the house, emptied out, taken out to the street. If you, uh, when you go home after services today, walk through your house, get you a yardstick, and walk around your house and look at everything that is below the top of that yardstick. And take a look at, walk through your house, measure that yardstick against yourself and say, okay, it's about waist high. Everything below my waist is damaged or or at least in need of uh, repair. And that's everything. Keep in mind, we're not talking about your standing. You're not standing in your shower getting three feet of water. That's everything. It's all your appliances, your furniture, your dressers, your carpeting, your flooring. And that's just the beginning. And your drywall, your insulation, all the things that go along with it. And it's not clean water either, it's flood water, it's river water. It's nasty and it's full of trash. And you've got this flowing through your house. All your belongings are stacked in your front yard after a few days. And they go in one of two piles. They go in the completely trash pile or the potentially salvageable pile. Those are kind of the two that you, uh, that you wind up with as you, uh, as you go through it. And looking at all of this through the cleanup and the repairs and everything that will have to be done and looking for... A lot of people turn and start looking for answers. They start looking for people to blame. Misery loves company. And we start looking for some way to transplant some of the misery that we're going through onto someone else or some other entity or, in the very dramatic cases, God Himself. You always come across it, and especially when when things like Katrina happened in New Orleans and things like that, you'll hear people talk about, you know, well, that's, New Orleans is a pretty sinful city. You know, maybe that was a passive judgment. Well, last I checked as I went through this, I think Neftali said it very well this morning. He said, you talk about our sins and we talk about one way up here and mine is way, 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 way down here. You can't even see it. Well, I think as far as judgment goes, I think all of us are way, way, way up here. We've all sinned and come fallen short. I don't have a position that I can take that says, you know, that water should have went right around my house. I'm a pretty good guy. 
my sins are way, way, way down here. Now, I know my neighbor, he, he, he's a bad guy. He, he deserved this. And this judgment was kind of meant for him, and I'm just collateral damage. These are the things that, that, that people go through. These are the things that we start questioning, we start talking about, and all those things. I understand natural disasters and some of the degrees, and it's inevitable around the world. It's inevitable that it touches close to home. Each of you, I guarantee you internal to this room, each of you was touched directly or within a degree or two, you were touched. Very, very significant what happened here. Look at what could be done or be done better or be done different. How could we be better prepared? There's all these people that have gone through it prior to us, the Memorial Day floods, the Allisons, the Ikes, the Katrinas, the Claudettes. You can go through and name them all off. And in a biblical sense, generally, when you're talking about a flood, generally you're talking about judgment. You're talking about something in, in, as dramatic as that. And I can tell you that I think Noah and I have got a couple things in common now. When we finally get together, we'll have something that I can actually talk to him about. You know. His was more dramatic than mine, but I'll get the sense for it when we finally get together. We have a couple of things in common. But one of the things that I looked at, and if you want to open your Bibles this morning, you can open your Bibles to Genesis. One of the things that I looked at in all this preparation and everything, what's part of what everybody keeps talking about is, you know, when, when we have a natural disaster coming, we want everybody to get prepared. And whether it's a hurricane coming and we're asking people to either get out of the way or we're asking people to, uh, to, to buy supplies and, and, and tend to shelter in and all the things that go on about this. And then in the tail end of it, we're talking about how do we mitigate this? How do we get people moved? How come we couldn't move people rapidly enough and things like that? And when we come up to this one, one of the things that has always stuck out in my head related to what happened during a flood. And I got to tell you, we went to bed on Saturday night. Actually, I'm the one who went to bed. We'd been up. Megan's birthday was celebrated Friday night. It had already started to rain. And so we didn't get to celebrate her birthday exactly the way we wanted to. We wanted to have an outdoor, a little outdoor get-together and a cotton candy machine. And just so you know, you don't run a cotton candy machine in the house because that stuff goes all over the place. So we were intending to do that and do it outside, but we had started to get some rain because the storm bands were already starting to come in on Friday night. So by the time we got over to Saturday night, we'd had Megan's uh, Megan's uh, kind of get-together on Friday night. We'd been in services. We got to Saturday afternoon. And it's kind of funny because Pris and I had talked about we had just finished a remodel on the, end, the front end of the house, the, the kitchen area of the house. And we'd actually said to each other, it's going to be raining all weekend. So we can stay inside and put the kitchen back together. We talked about that Wednesday and Thursday kind of going into this weekend. Because it's going to be a nasty weekend, so we'll just stay inside and put the kitchen back together. 
a little different outcome, by the way, associated with uh, with what was going on there. So we go into Saturday evening and Saturday night, and, and we knew it was getting bad outside, and Pris and Megan had gone out and moved a couple of the vehicles, and I'd actually gone and laid down. And Pris come and got me and said, you know, it's starting to get kind of rough out there. Midnight, 12.30, 1 o'clock, something like that. Just starting to get kind of rough out there. It's deeper than we've ever seen it. And folks, we've lived in Friendswood for almost 30 years, and we've lived in the house that we're in now for well over 15. And we've seen deep water. We've seen water at the end of our street, 8, 9, 10 feet deep. And it never made it to our house. So when I get up and start looking at it, I'm like, this is very significant and much different than what we've dealt with before. Vehicles are up in the driveway and things like that. But when you watch the flow of water change, which is where I stood, I'd turn on the back floodlights to the backyard. And as long as the water was flowing from my backyard to the front yard, the creek, the river, had not changed its direction yet. And there at whatever it was, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, watching through my windows out at the floodlights in the backyard, I watched the swirl of the water. And I understood what was happening when the water quit flowing back to front. And it stopped and became still. And it started to swirl. And then the direction of the water changed. And it started to flow front to back. And I told Priscilla immediately, I said, go wake the girls up. We're, we're in trouble. And within 30 minutes, we had water coming through the front door. And we sent the girls to a, to a neighbor's house that was higher than ours to begin with and also had a second floor. And we sent them over there. Little did I know at the time that the lady who owned that house was very up on taking care of animals and she had dispatched my daughters around the neighborhood to grab animals out of people's houses. I didn't know all that was going on. So they have something in common with Noah too. So Pris and I made a couple last passes through the house. Is there anything that we can get up a little bit? Not understanding how deep or how bad this was going to get. Just knowing that there was going to be something. Do that this afternoon also. After you walk through your house and look at everything that's below 36 inches, also give yourself about 5 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes to run through and just grab the things that are important. What's important? What as you pass through? Because at that time we didn't know when we come back if the water would be nine feet deep or the water would be three feet deep or the water would be three inches deep. We didn't know. So we make those last passes through the house and we go to the neighbors and uh, tried to get a little more sleep over there. They were dry initially. Uh, then water started coming in. Pris shook me on the couch. I'd actually fallen back to sleep on their couch at about three o'clock in the morning. She shook me and said, we got to go upstairs. They got water coming in. So there's five families there on the second floor of the house. Luckily, in what, about 12 or 14 animals, however many two by two came, you know, <laughs> come, come to the house. And, uh, however many my daughters had, 
kind of picked up from around the neighborhood and brought them all in. We had small children and elderly and, and, and like I said, about five families there. And we spent the rest of the night on the second floor in that house and got rescued by a boat the next morning. And it, after sunup, it becomes very evident in, in the, the power and the things that are going on around you when you're walking up a stepladder in water, walking up a stepladder in water to get into a boat so that you can be taken out. Very dramatic things that happen associated with those, those that are going on around us. And it was funny, there was a, a pecking order of getting people out of the house when we got rescued. The, the people that had been more difficult to deal with through the night, we put them on the boat first. Go, go! We'll take a later boat, don't worry about us. Go! And people that, that showed up to come and help. And, and, uh. So you go back and you start thinking about preparations. What's some of the things that I could have done differently? What's some of the things that would have helped me be better prepared for this? I could have bought a house on a mountain. That would have helped a little. Um. But you look at this and what I started looking at when I went through this and all the things that's happened since. One of the things that keeps coming back around to is that people talk about over and over and over again is, you know, were you insured? Were you insured? Were you insured? And they talk about our vehicles and, and were they insured and we had a small camper, and was it insured, and was the home insured, and did you have flood insurance, and, and all the things that go on. And in our preparation, we, we actually did. We, we did the, I'm standing from a different position today than a lot of people in the city of Houston and the surrounding areas are. It may be bureaucracy, and it may take a long time, but I understand that I'm in a much better position than a vast majority of people that went through this. Just by nature of we had the means and we're in a position to be able to buy insurance. But the thing that I went and looked at was because this guy Noah that's been through this and I think I got some things in common with him now. I went and looked and said and all the preparation and everything, did Noah have flood insurance? And interestingly enough, I want to tell you about the things that I found. And the things for us, because these are things that you make application across your life at. And we all process things like this much differently. But today I want you to think about flood insurance. I want you to have and think about these pieces of flood insurance. In Genesis 6, verse 9, it reads like this, and, and this, is where, uh, this is where we're going to get started today re related to the, uh, the Bible verses uh, themselves. In Genesis 6, verse 9, it says, sorry, got to grab it there. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, 
and he walked with God. Noah had flood insurance. Noah was a righteous man. Righteousness in, in the aspects of the Old Testament are talked about slightly differently than they are with relationship to the New Testament. Noah was a righteous man. Having that be part of the scriptural reference. I hope one day that somebody says that about, about me. You know, Bill was a righteous man. And not, ooh, he was a righteous man. I mean, you know, he was a righteous man. So I want to make sure that we, did that come out all right? Did that translate? Uh, no, I wasn't sure if we got that through or not. <laughs> so, I want him to say that I was a righteous man. Noah had flood insurance. God had recognized him as a righteous man. Very tremendous. To say that our faith makes us righteous and that acceptance of God there, Noah was participatory in that righteousness and recognized by God for that. Blameless among the people of his time, Noah had flood insurance. God had already made the determination of what was going to happen. And you know what? Whether we want to say that God allowed it to happen or He said it was going to happen for what happened in the city of Houston eight weeks ago today, that preordination that that was going to happen was the same situation. It, it's going to happen. God knew that we were going to get 50 inches of rain and it was going to park itself over us for two days and that 800,000 homes in the state of Texas were going to have damage of some sort. Noah had some flood insurance. And Noah was in the same boat, so to speak. God had ordained that He was going to clean up the world in a very specific way. Blameless among the people of His time. This is where I draw hope. It doesn't say he was sinless. It doesn't say he was perfect. I think this is part of what I draw hope from and what I draw encouragement from. It doesn't say I'm pure in any way. It says that he was blameless among the people of his time. Noah was recognized as following God and being blameless among the people of his time. Where those had taken, and you can read the previous verses if you would like, you will understand where the world had headed. It's quite obvious with these declarations about Noah that he had picked to go in a different direction. And he had flood insurance. Noah had flood insurance. And then the last one is, he walked with God. I did a little bit of research on the way that the words are written here that I couldn't readily draw out. I'm one that believes in this world's young life that there was more miraculous happenings than what we see today. I think shortly after the Garden of Eden and while 
the world's inception was in essence still happening as I think the access to God and access to marvelous things like that were far more prevalent. And at this time when it says He walked with God, that's where I want to be. I want that flood insurance. Noah had flood insurance. And in those three categories, Noah had flood insurance. And what did it get with him in Genesis 6? Verse 18, this is the way that Genesis 6 verse 18 reads. Give me one second here, and I will uh, we'll pop over to it. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wives and your sons' wives with you. What, what did the flood insurance have for him? The flood insurance that he had, those three things that I listed, Noah was a righteous man, he was blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. That was Noah's flood insurance. And on the tail end of that, Noah got the payout for that flood insurance. He got a covenant with God that he is going to enter the ark. And not just him. For us and our families, we can draw another correlation here. We have tie back to our families. Noah and his family got the benefit of Noah's flood insurance. God made a covenant with him. Reflective of his covenant with us. That's the fantastic thing about these verses in, in Genesis. Is they're reflective of the covenant that we have. Reflective of the covenant is we have faith today. We have the covenant. We have flood insurance. In the same way, and you all know the story, the kids that are sitting out for children's church right now can probably repeat it even better than we can. But it's a children's story. We always thought of it as a children's story. It's not necessarily a children's story. The covenant that was made with Noah is reflective of the covenant that's made with us. And the salvation of the ark is the same as the salvation for us. There's correlations all the way through it. Noah had great flood insurance. The covenant that was made, reflective of the covenant with us. And there are pieces, other pieces of it that we play. Verse 22 reads like this, Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. So we have an identification of Noah and where he stands. We have a covenant that's been made. And then we have obedience. We're in much the same situation. We're in much the same situation. We have a declaration of faith. By the way, that's encompassed in I am righteous, I'm blameless, and I'm walking with God. I have a declaration of faith. And then I have a covenant. Because of my declaration of faith, I have hope. I have salvation. I'm going to be saved. And then a direct byproduct of that 
as my desire to be obedient. The correlations that come. Seven one is the salvation. And then the Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Boy, those are some beautiful words. At the resurrection, at the advent, at the coming of Christ, we all want to hear that. Come and join me. Because I have found you righteous among your generation. Noah had flood insurance. Noah was going to be alright. You know the story, so it didn't happen immediately. He was an old man, in our eyes, when it started. He was an older man by the time that it actually happened. In our minds, thinking about it over a century before it actually happened. The tremendousness of that. And 7.5 reverts back to and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. I like that that's uh, brought out again. Salvation of the ark. He had flood insurance. I got to tell you, through all of this, I hope that my daughters would, and I know that my wife and I are, when we're sitting in, in essence, a home under construction, we're blessed. That's the truth. We're blessed. Through all of this, we're blessed. And I'll be quite honest with you. Not every moment do I feel blessed. And I'm sure when Noah was building the ark, that there was times he was frustrated. There's times when things weren't going exactly right. Said he was blameless at his generation. It didn't say he was pure. Didn't say he wasn't a sinner. Didn't say he was found without blemish. And I'm the same way. But through it all, we're blessed. Not in every moment, but overall, overall blessed in so many ways. We all got out safely. My family is all safe. Even, although I don't call them family, the cats. My daughters have a significant event to talk about. They have a, they have a story. They have a story. We all got out safe. We only had three feet of water. You can say that, Bill. Only three feet of water? Anybody who's looked at a home that's had three feet of water in it and they've had to gut it out, you're going, only three feet of water? You know what? It could have been four. could have been five. could have been nine. could have been three inches. But it could have been nine. I'll tell you what, my wife and I, for several weeks after this happened, we didn't get out and go look around. 
took me a couple of weeks and I started going back and forth to work again, but that's all I was doing. I was going to work and I was coming home. Um, and, and Pris still hadn't fully engaged her work yet. And after, after an evening, and I think it was a Sunday evening, we decided to finally get out and drive around a little bit and see what some of the other areas close to us look like. And there's places that we sat in our car with the street, the vehicle low in the street. And it goes the street, and then the curb, and then the yard. And then the house had already been raised probably after Allison, so the house was six, eight, ten feet up. And the water line on the side of the house was an additional eight or ten or twelve feet. So as bad as it, you might be looking at it, could have been a whole lot worse. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. There's so many things that you got to revert back and say, you're blessed. We all got out safely. We only had three feet. Could have been a lot more. How about this? We were pre-blessed. I think Noah was pre-blessed too. It'll be one of the things that I ask him. You know what? I was pre-blessed. I had stuff that could wash away. Have you thought about that when you're standing in a natural disaster? Or, or folks, when you're standing in something that you think is as bad as a natural disaster? Have you thought about that? You know what? I was pre-blessed in this. I have a home that actually can take on water. I have a whole bunch of stuff in it that got destroyed and washed away and all the other stuff that goes along with it. Have you thought about the aspect of, yeah, you're going to get some blessings right now, but man, you've been blessed all the way up to this. I loved where I lived. Our house. We're reevaluating stuff because of how much we had. We really are. But I was pre blessed. And you got to stop and take a look at it. Noah was pre blessed. God give him the time, give him the energy, give him the resource as he prepared for it. We were pre blessed. I actually had stuff. But it does, by the way, really make you eval stuff. We were blessed in an aspect of so many people came to help in person or sent help. Many of you right in this room. We had people show up that we didn't even know who they were. That showed up, I'm here to help. Tremendous amount of people that showed up. And I can tell you from, from all aspects, I think someone touched on it this morning as well. It's not done. It's been two months today. There's a lot of people out there that still need help, still need a hand, still need you touching in with them and finding out where you can help. Because it's not put back together yet. It's difficult. 
the between the bureaucracy and the trying to get the proper people in and things like that. But we we were blessed because so many people showed up. So many people sent help. So many people continue to help. This group here. This group here. Tremendously. The things that you've helped with. We got it. We got stuff. We got help from places that like I said, we didn't even know sometimes where it was coming from. Pick somebody and bless them. We were blessed so much. And then it's attitude. I think one of the kids was trying to haul some stuff out of the house and bumped into the wall with the wheelbarrow one time when we were going, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing in my house? And he's looking at me like, are, are, are you serious? I was like, no, go on. You know, don't worry about it. Attitude has a lot to do with it. Because I recognize that all the stuff around me, although I call it mine, my stuff, really doesn't belong to me anyways. And by the way, this will show you how rapidly you will be reminded that it doesn't all belong to you. attitude and recognition. Recognition of what the covenant is. And then we were prepared for this. My wife actually made this statement. We run into a couple about two weeks ago that we hadn't seen since the storm. And uh, they were asking us for updates and everything and we were trying to trying to kind of catch them up a little bit. And my wife reminded me of this and it is a very significant piece in it. It's a significant piece related to your attitude and related to all the things that happened to you. Pris actually said this she says they said how are you guys dealing with this? And Pris said to be quite honest with you it's not the worst worst news we've ever had. It's not the worst news we've ever... You know what? That'll put it in context very, very rapidly. If you stop and take a moment for what you're standing in and say, is this really the worst news I've ever had? Now, don't get me wrong. I, we've got a big one here. But it's not the worst news I've ever had. So there's a significance to recognizing how that all plays in. I want you to think about flood insurance. I want you to think about flood insurance from a context of your own spiritual flood insurance. I want you to take a look at that being righteous and blameless and walking with God. Reflect on Noah's flood insurance. And he knew it was coming. And he had flood insurance. Folks, we know that the end of the age is coming. 
And whether there's a divine wave that I get taken by something natural like a flood or I live my life out, doesn't matter. There's a close of the age. And we need some flood insurance.